I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here comes the lion, father. Oh yes, it is a lion. We are going to conquer. A lion and a leopard come to this open place. I can make our story no clearer for you than that. You cannot guess? I'm sure that means you are a baboon and I am not. What more can I do? Dress in drag and do the hula? Today I am joined by Guy Drinkle. It is time. Let's flip it. Hey, how are you, Guy? I am excellent. Okay, I'm absolutely excellent. I've been looking forward to this pod for a goddamn while. Since <laughs> many, our, many our weeks. early discussions on this. To be honest, dear listener, this was before the animation pod was even a thing. Guy and I were slinging mud at each other over various animated films, but none more debated than The Lion King, which is what we're discussing today. Guy. Tell me why this is your favourite animated movie. It's just excellent, isn't it? I mean, I grew up with The uh, Lion King, and it's probably one of the first ones I remember. I mean, I remember it before I remember, like, Toy Story and stuff like that, and it's just it just aged well like a fine wine. And mm. I watched it yesterday for this pod, and it's not got any worse. It's not got any worse. Number two's crap. <laughs> I, t- I will hold up my hand and say I've not watched number two yet but it has been I mean we did the Toy Story part before this one and trying to rewatch Toy Story is sort of hard in some places because that being the first full length computer generated animated feature some of the stuff there was just terrible. Like the animation doesn't hold up everywhere. With the toys and stuff it does, but when it comes to things like human beings and the dog and whatnot, I just know the Lion King seems to have taken its place as just this absolutely timeless, sweeping classic. And I wanted to ask you, Guy, you, Lion King's like 23 years old, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's older than me. It's older than me. <laughs> no, <laughs> I gotta stop doing these, these movies that, uh, that just reveal my age and, uh, and how goddamn old I am. So I was, I was like 15 when it came out. <laughs> 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 oh god, this is horrible. I can see the memes now. 
you, you know, this is what Simba looked like when the movie came out. This is what Simba looks like now. Do you feel old now? <laughs> <laughs> Just some dust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. Um, but it was really exciting for us, Guy, because, okay, the movie took place in Africa. As if Africa is, you know, one giant mm. country where, <laughs> where all the Africans live together with the animals. But it was based in, on the continent and that was, that was extremely exciting for us. We felt like it was our Disney movie for a bit, but I mean, what about you? Do you remember watching it as a kid, the impact it had on you? I, I do remember watching it as a kid, actually. It's like, it was, it's probably one of the ones with like the prequels to Star Wars that I remember. <laughs> and yeah, the prequels to Star Wars didn't age well. <laughs> I find your lack of faith disturbing. I know, I know it's bad. But, uh, yeah, Lion King, it's a big part of childhood. I mean, you don't really appreciate the stuff that you do now, like James Earl Jones is awesome. Thank you. When you grow up, I think you go away from liking Simba and stuff like that but then you go into appreciating Scar and Jeremy Irons but yeah it, it, it's I think it's as perfect for anyone who's whoever grew up with it I think you can go back and watch it anytime but as a, as a kid you just, re, you just remember it for probably for Timon and Pumba because they obviously had spin-offs with um, cartoons and stuff and they're the, they're the comic relief that is just fantastic it's so I mean what you're saying is just is just resonating with me because I was thinking about it now before the pod and I was thinking when I was a kid, what were my favorite bits? And I think my favorite bits were Timon and Pumbaa. Those are my earliest memories of the Lion King and the two of them and just how well the two characters, you know, really got on. And I, I don't really think we've seen that before in a movie. And this was the thing about Lion King. Lots of stuff we just never seen before in an animated movie. This along with Toy Story for me. Mm. are two of the movies that, at least in sort of Western countries, and I'll include South Africa in that, just yeah. you know, because we get all our movies from you guys anyway. But um, <laughs> it was the first, you know, completely animated movie from from a company that generally produces kids movies mm. that just went. We're just out to make a really good movie, and I don't think like as a kid, I didn't I didn't appreciate all the intricacies of the plot or anything like that. But even at that stage, I could feel that this story was big. It was epic. And I mean, some of the elements that we had in Lion King had never been done before. Never, never, never. I, I, I think this might have been the first movie where Disney only used animals. Um, I, I'm not talking about like anthropomorphic animal character things <laughs> like Mickey Mouse which is mm. actually sort of a man. So you've got proper animals across the entire movie, no human beings whatsoever. Without doubt, this is the movie I have watched the most times in my life because of, the, of its longevity. Because it wasn't just me. <laughs> I watched it, and then I watched it again, and I watched it again, and my parents watched it, and they watched it again, and they watched it again. And then we, you know, my sister, she started watching these movies, and we had to show her because you know, this is important. Yeah, You have to watch The Lion King as a kid. When I was sort of going into varsity, when you had a little niece or nephew or little sister or something like that, there was a question like, has your kid seen Lion King? And it's made such an impact culturally. I don't know if there's, you know, even now, anything could take the place of Lion King in doing that kind of stuff. I mean, was it like that for you as well? Uh, 
No, I think it. I think it was powerful, and that, and now, if you ask me, if I was going to show close family members, if I, if, like my brother had a kid and all that, it, I made sure it was brought up properly and watched Lion King. Put it that way. <laughs> but yeah, I, I fully agree that it's kind of transcended animated film in a way that it's not just like the classic princess and prince charming and all that classic fairy tale stuff it is it's what disney did and I, I don't know if it's the first one but you see it like later on with like finding nemo and stuff that it's not it's not afraid to kill off key people straight away and like it's disney's got a dark side <laughs> yeah 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 this was the game of thrones moment for disney yeah. company really. now guy you told me you've watched it back basically mm. within the last couple of days or so how does it hold up it's still brilliant in terms of like actual quality written film. It's still up there with the best. I mean, survived twenty odd years, still got one of the best musical scores from probably film rather than just animated film. But yeah, in terms of animation, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a hit. I think it was a HD one, but it, yeah, the HD remake still it's fantastic and it it doesn't look out of place. I mean, you can still look fine in cinema today. Put it that way. You know, but the thing is with that right guy, like if if we talk about wonderful classic movies like you know for example wizard of oz and those kinds of movies that were made long before either of us were born you can watch it and the movie is wonderful you know it's a really mm. good movie and it's full of warmth but you can see mistakes in it king kong for example was a mesmeric movie when it came out first but now you watch and you think this is utter garbage <laughs> like <laughs> king kong you can see he's just a big plastic toy that they're moving around and stop motioning it but at mm. the time you know it obviously was amazing at the time and it set new sort of limits within filmmaking but th- let's talk about that because i don't know if you know this guy but there were there were an incredible 600 artists involved in the production of the lion king right? 600 wow well Jesus. i mean talk to me about the animation because this is the wonderful thing about animation is that it has the ability to not age like live action does. Mm. You can you can watch animation from quite a long time, and as long as it's done with care and uh, is done with a decent budget for the time, it does translate. It, you you can keep on watching it. I watched The Land Before Time the other day, which is oh, is, is a ridiculously good movie. And again, I was sitting there like just welling up, where my little seven year old sister was like, <laughs> "What the hell is wrong with you?" <laughs> You weren't there, man. <laughs> exactly. These grandparents, you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> but really, I mean, it did hold up well. This, this is the amazing thing about animation. And I mean, do you remember, you know, a lot about what was going on at the time? Because, gee whiz, I don't know if it was like that on your side of the world in England, there, guy. But in South Africa, we had maybe tens of thousands of the making of uh, <laughs> movies mm. running over and over and over again. Is that something that you know, you're know you familiar with and, uh, in terms of what they went into for this animation and, and all that kind of stuff? Well, I wasn't familiar with it until we decided to do this podcast. I actually watched, I think I watched the first half of it today, but no, I, I, it seems like as a cultural thing, it seems bigger in South African rather than the UK, but at the same time, I was minus one when this film was released. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. In terms of how it was made, I mean, just watching that documentary that I watched earlier, which is on YouTube, if people are interested, it looked like a hell of a, hell of a job. I mean, just from, just from the actual design of characters, never mind storyboarding the thing mm-hmm. where it's, it's in about millions of, uh, 
Air Force scene by scene. It's just it's just immense how much work goes into it. But yeah, it, it just seems a scary amount of work for something that is just a film, really. I don't I don't know how much work goes into non-animated films, but I, I can't see I can't see it being the same as an an animated one where you literally have to plot out everything. If you if you do a story, if you do in a Toy Story quote, yeah, 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 totally, totally. And uh, those documentaries, there were so many. And I remember the big one was the, the big thing in South Africa was that the animators had got a lion cub and a, a full-grown mm, lion that's the one I saw, yeah. into into the studio. That was shown a lot. Like we got in live lions for this. We, you know, this is what we did for you. <laughs> was the kind of tone of that, and. The thing is, you never understand about lions until you see them in the flesh, right? You never understand about any mm. big animal until you see it right there. And, you know, bears are cool. You know, bears are big, cuddly things. And, okay, they're dangerous, but, like, how dangerous are, are bears? Hippos, they're not that, that hectic. There was a news story the other day, guy. Some hippo got out of the water and chased a guy, caught up with him, and killed him right but he had to <laughs> he had to run faster than the guy nobody knows that nobody knows that hippos can run like they you don't think about that when you're looking at the, the documentaries of these lazy huge animals like waddling about in the um, sort of muddy rivers and stuff like that and it's the same thing with the lion is that it's easy to forget how massive they are and why they were called the king of the jungle not that many lions in jungle I <laughs> just uh, um, the people who thought of that—that's that's a little bit inaccurate. But th- when you see them, the size of them, the the undulation of the muscle, just the entire mannerism about them—that they just look down on you. You know, it's it's really something to behold. You really start to understand your place in the food chain. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you that, and they got I've, this right. I've never even been to a zoo. <laughs> Do you know? No, I've seen lions a couple times, like on game drives and stuff. But recently, I went to. Botswana, where there was a lion viewing, and these were actually particularly big lions. And I'm one meter eighty-three centimeters, mm. and I swear to you, I swear to you, this lion was basically my height. <laughs> I, uh, oh I mean, God. it was. It, the guy was saying, "No, these are very big lions." I'm like, "These are not lions. These are you know, this is Jurassic Park, is what this is. This is <laughs> these things are absolutely magnificent." This so is some Transformer stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that, that, that comes through in the movie. Just how the lions are different from every other animal. It was just the menace about them. That even though they have this family life and you know, it's this father-son relationship or the, whatever part of the pride it was in, just the lion coming out there and the hugeness of it, did it did translate into the movie. Yeah, definitely. I mean... Especially at the start when it's Mufasa, it's like, holy hell, oh you are God. big. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got, obviously, at the start, you've got Rafiki holding the line. Cause it's like, oh, Rafiki looks quite big. And then he gets near Mufasa, it's like, oh, damn. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, think they did, I think they did a good job of that across the film. I mean, that documentary that we were on about there, it's talking about how they wanted to get a scale of Africa and stuff like that by just simply doing stuff like trying to show the wind by having it play sound and going through with men and stuff like that. You, you get the feeling of realism, mm. even if it is quite an old animated film. 
you get the sense of difference when, especially in like the big things where it's like the herd, you obviously get the, the zebra, the antelope, the hippo, the elephant and all, the rhino and stuff like that, and then you've just got the big, muscly, James Earl Jones mm-hmm. monster, <laughs> just like, everything that like touches that old day. I believe <laughs> you, <laughs> I believe you, lead me. <laughs> I could be lying. <laughs> Oh man. I'm surrounded by idiots. So, okay, Disney has been sitting and animating people forever. Right? Mm. Like, I mean, that this was the whole like forever. They've just been doing it since they basically started. And here, you, you suddenly don't have people anymore, right? Mm. And this was the interesting thing. You have no hands. Animals, not many people know this guy, but animals don't have hands. And when you don't have hands, you get, <laughs> it's difficult to communicate certain human mannerisms, right? Like mm. uh, hands are a big part of being human, bizarrely enough. And what they had to do was they had to go back and look at like body posture, head angle, and that kind of thing. So when you look at Mufasa, you know the angles come into it, and he's got he's got a big bigger forearms than uh, than the other lions. He's got whatever you I don't know what you call them like forearms. Okay, like forearms. <laughs> Then the other, he's got a bigger head. His mane is just amazing. You know, how he doesn't, how he doesn't do that thing, you know, where, where people come out the swimming pool and they flick their hair. How he doesn't do that all day, I don't know, because it's just marvelous. And, (laughs) and uh, I mean, just the, exactly the way they animated every single character had an individuality about it. The hyenas, the the zebras, the whatever bird Zazu was, I can't remember now. But but like uh, that no, kind of toucan. No, that's not that's not in Africa. Toucans aren't in, they're in South America. Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> <laughs> Rowinson Atkinson is the scientific <laughs> name. <laughs> oh, this is so humiliating. They paid so much attention to doing that. I think the only gripe I have there is when the hippo was like quite high up on the animal pyramid. No, no, it's, it should be no. That, that just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Who's carrying the hippo? Oh, it's Zazu. Yeah, no. I can get on board with the talking animals, but don't mess with human pyramids <laughs> or animal pyramids. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the final thing on the animals is the the wildebeest and the stampede that happens and and how they animate that that was I remember this was just before Toy Story and this was the first time they had really used computer generated animals to this degree the entire herd was uh, was animated by computers and they they took great pains there like you can basically you know you start with one and then you can just replicate that one, but have each one doing an individual thing. So in the end, you're just coordinating this giant mass of stuff. Mm. And I mean, it worked so unbelievably well. I knew beforehand that that was computer generated. I knew what to look for, for fake computer generated stuff. And I had no time to do it. The, the scene of that stampede was absolutely breathless. It was done perfectly. It was flawless. I mean, it was it was proper, it was proper visceral as well. You could feel like I don't know what a stampede feels like, but you get what I mean. Mm-hmm, definitely, uh, absolutely. Yeah. You could. Um, I, I didn't watch it in the cinema, but even in like just on a home entertainment system, if you've got a, if you've got a decent speaker, it's just like, oh, 
<laughs> Who yeah. the hell just came from my house? <laughs> and I love the way like little things rattle on the ground, or or, or like Simba sitting there and he, you know he's cringing while the whole thing happens, and, and he starts to shiver, you know, in time, and the you know the little bits of rock start falling off. And mm. All that, I mean, the the uh, like you say, just the detail they paid was absolutely ridiculous. And I think that the final thing we must talk about when it comes to animation is the lighting, because this is something we've seen in subsequent animated films, especially from Disney. But really before this, we saw light used in particular ways. You know, so for example, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, the mm-hmm. light was, you know, through the forest and stuff like that. And that was, that was like sort of quite interesting. But here, this was again a different scale of it. When you're looking at the, this, the absolute wideness of the Serengeti and you know, everything the light touches and, uh, you know, the sun is sort of coming up and you're like, oh my God. And then th- this takes us back to like the beginning of the film, right? Where, where the sun starts to rise, it hits you in the face right there, the warmth of it. I, I Like, because it's the first one, I don't know if we could ever say there will be a better lit animated film. No, definitely not. I think, especially when, especially as the film progresses, it, it helps set the tone. I mean, especially it highlights the evilness of the film when Scar takes over. It highlights the love between um, Simba and Nala. It it helps set the tone and I think you see that with the better animators like Pixar and Disney. Mm -hmm. It's so important but it's something that can easily be overlooked. But yeah, I I fully agree. You're never going to see light used as importantly because just even on the sunset it's just like, well that's big. It gives a sense of scale, it gives a sense of tone, it gives a sense of mood. It's just fantastic. And as soon as we get towards the end of the film, just how dark it is, it, it's such an important tool, especially in animation. It's just It was just brilliant throughout, and I, I don't think this will be topped, because I don't, I don't think there'll be a better written animation that can top this. I mean, we've seen great animation in modern history, from Big Hero 6 to Up and Wally and stuff like that, but... There's no, there's no um, surroundings like the jungle with lions and all that. You're never going to get a scale of lighting in any other situation. Yeah, and I mean, I think that Lion King was an immensely successful movie. It was the top grossing movie for a hell of a long time. It won Oscar Oscars and you know, every award under the sun. This was It was an absolute blockbuster. It changed the entire game. But like before Lion King and Toy Story, I'll say it again, but... You you were taking your kids to the cinema and sort of dropping them off or sitting with them going, oh, God, I have to sit through this movie with my kids <laughs> and, you know, I have all these songs and, you know, it's just nonsense. And when you got Lion King, suddenly families were going together to watch a movie. This wasn't just, this is an excuse, so and I'm spending time with my kid and, okay, so I have to go with him or her and now I'm watching it. This was, oh, my God, I have to go watch this movie. This is The Lion King. This is going to be awesome. And Yeah, I mean, let's get into that a bit more. So we can get into that with characters. Talk to me about your favorite characters. As I said, favorite characters. As a kid, it's Timon and Pumbaa, isn't it? You know, kid, in times like this, my buddy Timon here says you got to put your behind in your piss. No, no, uh, no. I mean, amateur, lie down before you hurt yourself. They've got their own cartoon spin-off. But when I watched it back yesterday, the one who stole the show is definitely Scar. Mm. I mean, Mufasa is there, he's big, he's he's important, he's prideful. He's a bit elitist, that fact he just looks down on everyone from pride up. But <laughs> yeah, this is mine. And now, now as kind of an adult, it's like Simba, 
you can just give or take Simba. I don't really care. <laughs> it's the people <laughs> around him that I care about more. But I think Scar is what makes the first one just better. It just makes it a better film. Don't turn your back on me, Scar. Oh, no, Mufasa. Perhaps you shouldn't turn your back on me. Is that a challenge? Temper, temper. I wouldn't dream of challenging you. I don't know. You don't really have villains that are that good in general, never mind an animated film. Because mm. you get, you've got stuff like The Wicked Witch, um, the old, the old binge from uh, Snow White. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Whatever her name was. Yeah, 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 I can't remember. You've got the oh, sorry, yeah. woman in Little Mermaid. Uh, Ursula. But, yeah. Her name was Ursula. Yes. <laughs> Two points. But, for me. <laughs> but you've got you've got Scar there, who is he's the star of the show, especially now that you're an adult. But as a kid, I think you're obviously related to Timon and Pumba, Simba. It's kind of it's more of a journey of how he grows up and that he's he's not like any. It's like a different aging process or any line. I mean. He's growing up as basically a warthog and a meerkat. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> it's just it's just mad. But yeah, Scar, Jeremy Irons, it's the perfect marriage of a character. I mean, you've got Scar. He doesn't look like a big part. He's not. He's not big. He's not powerful. And that's obviously referenced in the film where he says, "I didn't get the brawn, but I got the, I got the brains." And it's just like, mm. damn. <laughs> and then you've got then you obviously Jeremy Irons is British villainous voice it's it's just it's just a perfect marriage of evil it's unspeakable evil and it's just it's just fantastic but if we're going to talk favorite scene in terms of and an emotional moment it has to be Mufasa's death doesn't it oh, yeah. i mean it it's like oh scar he's 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 just some old bloke who He's just—he's the second in command. He's not really gonna do out. He's just—he's laying in his um, cave, not doing out. And it's like, oh, he, he runs the hyenas. He's a bit—he's a bit dodgy. Oh, oh he just—he threw him off a cliff. Oh, oh I just died inside. What, what, yeah. <laughs> but this is a, what, how shocking, guys. Talk to me about how shocking this was, right? Because no one dies in a Disney movie. That is the rule. That is the hard ironclad rule. And then you juxtapose that with this villain, right, Scar. He's sort of, like, how do I describe it? He, it's exactly what you're saying. He comes across as this sort of aloof uncle. He's just not pulling his weight. He's just not doing anything. And you slowly go by and an evil plan is hatched and it doesn't work. And he just looks at it and calculates and takes it in his stride. And then it's, it's all setting up for this massive thing. And he does it and he kills Mufasa. And he just goes back to being the same lion. Like nothing happened. <laughs> it's just it like, was, oh, that was an interesting day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he just, he just turns around and makes like, you know, he immediately, he doesn't blink an eye, he immediately sets on the task of influencing Simba. And I should have said this in the beginning, there will be spoilers. <laughs> You should have watched Lion King by now. Again, I'm sorry if, if, if it's you have, if, friend, you haven't, but... if you haven't, I'm going to fight you. Yeah. <laughs> but Scar, as a villain, and I'm not talking about in animation, I'm talking about across maybe any medium, he is an absolute force to be reckoned with. And he's, Jeremy he's, up, he's up there with Vader, isn't he? Let's be honest. He is. He is. He's no, I'm there. not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. Like, we're talking about lions here. 
with no power or anything whatsoever. <laughs> there's no there's no lightsabers. You know, he's not fighting Batman and stuff like that. For what he is, he is freakishly evil. It is, and just so like deliciously so. Like what, what mm. can you say as adults? He's so good. He's so good at it, and it it's... sets up this wonderful thing because you have to have James Earl Jones, and you have to have somebody who can maybe not match his majesty, but match his gravity. Mm. And, and the two of them fighting against each other, just, yes, just, oh, give me some. It's, it's, it's like, it's like WrestleMania of voices, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it's the main event. I, you don't get two better voices than that. I mean, if you've got, if you get Samuel Jackson in the background somewhere, that's a triple threat that you want to see, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah, Mar- yeah. Morgan, Morgan Freeman as well. It's, it's, but in terms of, in terms of chemistry, in terms of character and counterpart, shall we say, I mean, James Earl Jones probably got the most famous voice in cinema, hasn't he? He's got Vader. Mm-hmm. He's got, he's in, he's in bloody Conan the Barbarian, man. Yes, I was just going to say, he made the, he's like, I'm sorry, Arnold, but he made that movie very watchable for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's just like, works like that, you don't want to fight. <laughs> yeah, if James Earl Jones did all the voices in Lion King, I, I like, it, it might not be as good, but I'm really not sure how less it would be. I'm thinking very <laughs> marginal, very marginally. We just sit there going, ah, ah, ah. I couldn't imagine him singing Hakuna Matata, though, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got a soft spot for James Earl Jones. He had, um, he, he put out a film that my parents really loved called The Reading Room. Mm. And, um, oh, that was, is, is an excellent, excellent movie. And he's, he's just, he's a very good actor. He knows what to do with his voice. But I mean, maybe it's a good time to talk about cast now because you mentioned chemistry and they mm. they went out of their way to do chemistry, right? Because it's James Earl Jones as Mufasa and with him as Sarabi is Madge Clair, who you'll remember from Coming to America. They have replicated the king and queen from Coming to America. So, you know, those two uh, definitely know each other. Then you have Nathan Lane and Ernie Sabella who came in and just started messing around for the roles of the Yahinas, and they eventually got Timon and Pumbaa. Really, this amazing sort of uh, chemistry that's just happening there. Jim Cummings came in with Ed, and, and oh, that, i got to say, was one of my favorite characters when I was little. I'm just remembering it now. Ed got a lot of love. A lot of kids loved it Ed, did. Just, for it the, did. just for the nonsense thing that he was. in there. Because you know there's that, there's that one person in class when you're in school who's like Ed, and he's your favorite. So, <laughs> <laughs> And you had... You had Whoopi Goldberg, and who was the one? It was what was the other? What was the other thingy's name? Ban- Banzai. Banzai. It was Banzai. It was Cheech. Cheech, Cheech yeah. played it. Yes, well done. And you know, you have the relationship between all of them. And talking about wonderful voices, Rafiki was played Rob- by Robert Gil Amir. If that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'll, I'll go with that. And he is also just, um, I mean, he's, he, if you go look at what he's done as well, he's a really wonderful actor. So we haven't even mentioned Rowan Atkinson as Zazu. <laughs> I know. Um, and and uh, to round it off, uh, Moira Cady plays Nala and she, she does it wonderfully with Matthew Broderick as as Simba. And it, It's quite interesting that Matthew Broderick got mentioned last because he's probably the least... I didn't even know, was it? Important, yeah. I sure, think well, he's the least I, it took me like voicing. five times of watching Lion King, and then somebody was like, "You know, it's Matthew Broderick who's Simba when he's older." I'm like, "Nah, what? <laughs> what?" 
Nah. Yeah. Like it's, uh, it's crazy. I, I know like Who- Whoopi Goldberg was getting a lot of um, heat for Hyena because you know she she was so good in the role. And obviously James Earl Jones. You had Jeremy Irons, and then the Timon and Pumbaa voices were you know all there. But like Perfect. you're you're absolutely right. Matthew Butter. I've heard his voice described as nondescript. I don't really agree with that. I think his voice had a bit of sort of a sort of lack of authority, which is perfect mm. for Simba. You know, it's, it's sort of what you want. It is nondescript. It's, ca- it's kind of innocent, but at the same time, it's a bit one-dimensional when the character develops. And yes, I think that's definitely. more of a criticism of two, Lion King two rather than one, because in number one, it's kind of a journey of becoming this innocent little kid to being the king of the part, the king of the pride, really. But I think that I think that holds up more criticism in number two where he's not Mufasa yet because no nobody's that big. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. In number two his voice does lack authority and I I wouldn't say it's a big part of number two being bad, but it it kinda doesn't it doesn't help with what it's meant to be um implying. But I think in terms of him growing into a role it, it does its job, but I think he's probably the easiest that you could recast with Simba because mm. you're not gonna find another James Earl Jones. You're not yeah. gonna find Jeremy Irons. Whoopi Goldberg's pretty perfect for uh, Shenzi, and so Timon and Pum, But if they if they if they if they got replaced, yeah. I just wouldn't want them in the film. Yeah, it wouldn't be the same. <laughs> absolutely sure, absolutely. I I completely agree with you. And um, I must say, when watching the film the first time, it was it was Rowan Atkinson who uh, Rowan Atkinson got the and. You know, you go through your whole series cast, and at the end of the list, you go, and Rowan Atkinson as Zazu. And he had that role where literally everything he said as a character, you just ended up laughing at when you watched it for the first time. I remember that with a really good amount of mirth, like how, how wonderfully he brought that character to life. And it was really good how, once you get the actor, you could really see how you, you had to translate features of that actor onto the animation you know and ron atkinson was it was done probably the best of of all of them i, I mean you didn't have to do anything with james or jones he's a lion and you just have to have his voice there you know <laughs> but he was probably the character who had the most sort of personality along with rafiki who that, that sort of uh, you know stemmed from something that was in the voice kind of thing but mm. what a cost what a cost at that time if, if you were an adult you were just looking at this going, my God, I've got to watch this movie. Look at all the people in it. Definitely, definitely. I mean, it, it's got Darth Vader in mind. <laughs> it's got Darth Vader's voice in it's what, do you, what else do you need? I think Jeremy Irons was an Academy Award winner as well at that time, which is all, it's always good. It's free, it's free publicity. Mm. But yeah, but I think Matthew, Matthew Broderick obviously had Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is kind of a cult classic. Whoopi Goldberg's a big star, and I think Nathan Lane and Ernie Sabella are known more for um, theatre, so that's mm-hmm. kind of, that's breaking another barrier there. But yeah, it's pretty much a perfect cast. I mean, some are give and take, but the main guys are just irreplaceable, as we said. And Rory Atkinson's probably not been done justice by me here, but Rory Atkinson's fantastic. I mean, if it's not Mr. Bean, it's Blackadder. If it's not Blackadder, it's, yeah. it's this. It's just fantastic. It's absolutely yeah. perfect. And I agree. Yeah, I agree yeah, that his. Yeah. His personality comes through so well in the character that you see it more with his acting as like Johnny English and stuff like that. It's just mm. daft, daft, but kind of posh in a way. British, British, that's a good way of putting it. It's just <laughs> pom- pompous, but 
clumsy. Yeah, that's that's the one. Pompous but clumsy. It's just fantastic. My favorite bit in the um, <clears throat> just to give my favorite. There's not even a scene. It's just a line. But when Simba tells Scar, you know, Uncle Scar, when I'm king, what'll that make you? A monkey's uncle. <laughs> You're so weird. And then Scar looks at him and goes, "You have no idea." <laughs> it's just I like, don't know if there was a more perfectly delivered line in all of animation. It, uh, go watch if you just watch that little ten-second split right now. I dare you to listen to it and not get absolute shivers lined with honey down your spine. It is just ridiculous how good that line is. But yeah, let, let's move on to the plot, Guy, because this was very different from your typical Disney movie, right? As mm. you said, the, I mean, there's no royal family. It, it, it's not about a, a princess who has to find a prince. It's not about a prince who has to go in search of his destiny. It certainly got a lot less of problematic sort of Disney princess stuff that we can look back and critique now, but at the time was just sort of rampant. This was... A plot away from all of that, but also in its own right, it was quite complex for a Disney film. Really, is mm. really something that adults could sit and go through. The story of death, <laughs> murder, <laughs> hyenas, and Darth Vader. <laughs> I can't even. I don't even know what the advert was, but it, it says <laughs> that that's got to be it. It's got to be it. <laughs> Uh, if you just had James Earl Jones just saying, this is about lions, it's like, yeah, I'd watch that. I, I, don't think, I don't think it was that much. Uh, I'm trying really hard to remember. I'm disappointed that I haven't gone to look at the trailer. I think it was basically just like, here, here's a movie about lions. James Earl Jones <laughs> is in it and Jeremy Irons and you have Whoopi Goldberg and you have Nathan Lane. And, you know, you, that was, I think mostly it was marketed on the fact mm. that the cast was so good and that this was a, a huge sweeping epic unlike mm. anything you've seen before. But that's all mm. they said. That's all they said. It's all it needed. Yeah. It's all it needed. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a Shakespearean tragedy with lions. It's all you need. So basically that's it, right? You hit the nail on the head, that guy, because they've basically admitted that for Lion King one, they've based the story rather loosely most notably, Scar doesn't try and get with uh, with James Earl Jones' woman <laughs> <laughs> after he becomes king. But it's based loosely on Hamlet. Yeah. Right. And then number two was apparently quite loosely based on Romeo and Juliet. I can neither confirm nor deny this because I, I... It, it I, is. It, it, it is. Okay, thank you. <laughs> One of us was there. <laughs> I haven't seen number three, but I will download it and report back. <laughs> <laughs> we can put it in as the like tempest. a PS. Yeah. <laughs> Simba finds a zebra on an island. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that was the other thing that, that, that sort of shocked me. They actually had the lion eating a zebra. That, that was, you know, the yeah. zebra, I think Scar chucks a zebra leg to, to the, the hyenas the yeah. and they were eating it. I was like, wow, this movie's heavy, man. This is a heavy Disney movie. To this point, guy, that's what we had. We had, there's no blood, you know, and often it was ridiculous. Like there's been an arrow shot at the prince. And he just goes, ooh, and he holds his side. And you can't see anything. And he dies from no one knows what. What? How did you, what's going on, you know? And here, okay, it's not blood and stuff like that. But 
Mufasa dies, you have the epicness of just everything that's happening. You have the vulnerability of this little kid who goes and is accepted by two, you know, misfits. And in the meantime, he, you know, his uncle is planning and plotting still and just takes over everything. You start realizing the sheer complexity of the plot that Scar has put in place and for how long this has been running and how deeply Scar hates his brother since, you know, like, it, this was obviously decades in the planning, you know, mm. the, the, it, and it felt like that. And the whole thing about Simba finding friendship and running away from his past and then meeting Nala again and coming back, there's no story before this one that can really compete with it. I mean, it, it felt like, okay, it's, it's lions. Yes, it's lions, but it felt like this was happening. This was a real change in dynasty that was going on it, on, on, on the scale of a Shakespearean play. It's hard to make people care about lions when only one, basically one continent on the world has experienced lions. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. I'm just sat there as a kid, it's like, don't cry, it's a lion, it's a lion, it's a lion, it's a lion. Oh God, thank God, there's a, there's a funny warthog. <laughs> <laughs> Although when Scar died, that moment was so shocking. I, we didn't like get to see him die, but it was like, oh damn, he did. Yeah, 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 completely. And oh, when that happened, I think at the, at the time I was too shocked mm. to really feel it. But th- that obviously lends to the sort of emotional scale or, the, you know, the emotional baggage that it puts in you for the rest of the movie. So... By the time you get to the end, you're like, beat him, Simba. Beat him, man. Claim your throne, man. <laughs> you re- you really egg him. As a, as a kid, I was like that. And then, as, as I watched it yesterday, it's like, yeah, I like Scarborough. <laughs> Unless Timon and Pumba can get in charge, I'd prefer Scarborough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, okay. Cool, cool. So this is the bit, guy, when we... We bring our Twitter conversations oh, into God. our pod conversations. This is Flip the Film. I want to know from you, and I, I, hope, I hope you've done your research this time because I want answers because you haven't Gosh. been able to answer me, and it's not it's acceptable. Because you, you hear Toy Story. And I don't hate Lion King to people who are listening. All the kids out there, I'm the good guy here. <laughs> I want to know, guy. Why did, what did the Ahinas do to deserve banishment? Because the scavengers, you can't trust scavengers you can't, you in can't, Scavengers are normal things. If there were no scavengers, the ecosystem would collapse, guy. You get the, you get the lion lasses who go hunting, and then you get the scavengers who try and steal Mufasa's food, and Mufasa don't want to murder everyone, so they got exiled. <laughs> Why didn't the vultures get exiled? Because they can fly and they can sneak in. <laughs> everything, everything the light touches is Mufasa's kingdom, if he says so. Plus, I don't know if you know this, but there's a there's a lion god, and the lion god, which is this, comes from watching too many cartoons with my little sister. But basically, <laughs> one one lion gets chosen to lead the pride mm-hmm. on Pride Rock. And he chooses somebody else. So either that's his son or the brother. And in this case, in, in the case of Mufasa, it was actually Scar who became the head of the lion god, which means he has to protect all the animals of the Serengeti. This is really embarrassing that I know this. And what they have is called the roar of the elders, you see. And if you, if you roar, 
the, the roar of all the past kings of Pride Rock roar with you. It's this huge, like, force of, you know, almost like wind. It's just like a powerful, it's like a tsunami of force that hits you. So they could have, yeah. But I, I understand what you're saying because Scar wasn't actually born Scar. His, his name was actually Taka, uh, which in Swahili means want. He was head of the lion god and was taken away from him when he tried to kill Mufasa by setting a cobra to kill him. So, um, I hope you've learned something. I have part. actually learned. I have actually learned. <laughs> I have. Okay, why doesn't Scar just rule the hyenas? Hyenas are cleverer than lions anyway. It, well, they may be in real life, but not in Disney. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, the only one that's clever, or seemingly clever, is Shenzi. And she yeah, is yeah. clearly a letdown because she let Simba get away. And it was her decision to let Simba get away. So Scar knows that the real kingdom is like it, it's like, well if you put it in British monarchy terms it would be like being king of Scotland. No one wants to be king of Scotland. You want the whole of Britain. Just, just don't don't give me that. Don't give me he wants to just be leader of the hyenas. Hyenas are stupid. They are, they are like thousands of hyenas though. Hundreds of hyenas, not thousands. Hundreds of hyenas, which he never actually really puts to full use. Until the end of the movie, but I mean, I can understand because they're, they're less powerful, right? And uh, I'm sure he was worried about the roar of the elders scaring them. Let's be something. honest, a hippo, the hippos would win this fight if they wanted to. No, no way. I, hyenas would absolutely. They would, depend, they would, they depends, would wipe depends, the floor. Somewhere. Depends on a territory, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, if, if it's not in water. <laughs> Hippos Cro- are formidable, though. I, croc- I, I, I croc- must croc- say. Crocodiles would win, though. There's too I've, few crocodiles, surely. It it doesn't matter. Have you seen this? I've watched enough David Attenborough to know that crocodiles are not to be messed with. <laughs> you don't mess with crocodiles. And if if a lion came in his territory, I'd be like, no, I am king crocodile. <laughs> I'm going to learn today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, penultimate one. Is Scar versus Simba the worst fight we've ever seen in animation? And let me explain this to you, right? <laughs> let me let me explain this. Because Scar, who admits by himself that he's more brain than bronze. Well, as far as brains go, I got the lion's share, but when it comes to brute strength. I'm afraid I'm at the shallow end of the gene pool. And he's, he, he, doesn't, he looks malnourished or something, poor Scar. And it, it, I don't know what, why they don't feed him. And uh, Well, we know why they don't feed him. Because he tried to kill Mufasa a couple of times, but it's he's, he's obviously not the strongest, right? He's, he's, that's why he has the hyenas. Mm. To overwhelm the lions with numbers. And, uh, and then you have, you have Simba, right? Simba was not very good at fighting to begin with. The only real comparison we have is Nala, who is like <laughs> she, the best fighter be in the. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. She's like, she's like the best fighter. She became like head of the hunters without marrying anybody. So she's obviously pretty boss, right? So that, that's the only thing. But then, but then Simba leaves, right, when he's young and goes to stay with Timon and Pumbaa, who are the least fightiest guys. They don't even fight the insects. Unless you, <laughs> unless you call him a pig, and then it's Mr. Pig. <laughs> they call me Mr. Pig! Ah! Yes, and it's, yeah, and then, yes. But I don't think he ever does that while Simba's there. And you can True. see how bad Simba is at fighting when Nala finds him again, and then just immediately 
when push comes to shove. Like she gives him a bit of respect at first, like, I don't know this lion. I'm going to test out, see if you know, I'm going to get my range. And then she just nails him, you know. So yeah. he hasn't done anything in all those years. And now Scar and Simba are fighting at the end. And it might have just looked like slow motion, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe they were just fighting that way, and it was just not a very good fight. It's like an old bloke fighting a toddler, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's Would not they... great. Not great. <laughs> For the future of Pride Rock, <laughs> <laughs> will both sides pick their prefects to fight? Like, one's got that's... a walking stick, and one's got a ball. <laughs> this is this is not exactly that fight between the mountain and that guy from Dawn in Game of Thrones, is it? It's, oh God! It's not exactly... <laughs> you said don't swear, and then you bring up the most graphic scene in TV history. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final question, and this is a this is a most excellent fan theory, guy. One to make us both think. It didn't even occur to me watching while well, watching the movie like fifty-seven times, but makes sense. Does Mufasa control the weather? Oh, God. Well, it's definitely him or Rafiki, isn't it? <laughs> oh, God, that is a weird question. Um, <laughs> you threw me off. You have threw me off. It was, like, right? Because when I saw it, I was like, no way, this is silly. But who who controlled the weather whilst Mufasa was alive? No, he controlled the weather. He was alive. Oh, God, no, no. It's not bloody. It's not he live. Can, he, control, he controlled the weather when he was alive, right? And then he died. And became Lion God. Omnipotent. <laughs> yeah, and then he just controlled the weather from there. Because it, it doesn't, like, as soon as he dies, it's not light again until he wills it to be. And there's obviously some divine intervention going on here, right? Because when we see Simba introduced to everybody, Rafiki holds him off Pride Rock, you know, dangling him like, and, like Michael Jackson. <laughs> little baby. <laughs> it's... <laughs> This the clouds open up and the light shines down very you know very um, conveniently at that place on on the Simba. So like obviously there's there's an understanding that Mufasa has with the elements here that uh, that he controls. And then nothing the rain stops mm. when Mufasa dies to the point where everything very quickly just turns to like dirt. The leaves fall off the trees all at once. The rivers stop going. The Grass dies, all the animals are still there, but everything's dead. And then, at the end, Scar, Scar is defeated, and Simba roars, and Mufasa's like, "Hey, what's that? Is it that's my kid? My kid won. So <laughs> I, I will, I will allow the clouds to once again conveniently break so that uh, it can shine down on Pride Rock one." Ray, more time. Rain is just Mufasa's tears of pride. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. So interesting one. Uh, you guys can go watch that and uh, and and go check out that fan theory. So yeah, I mean that's it from us, guy. Any any closing comments on the Lion King and why people should really, really, they have to really, really go watch this movie. Because if you haven't watched this movie, we've just spoiled it for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you should you should go watch it. But if you haven't watched it since you're a kid and you're just listening to this out of nostalgia. Go back, watch it. It's a different film now. I mean, you appreciate so much more, especially with Jeremy Irons. It's just, it's just perfect. Mm. Just go appreciate Jeremy Irons. Just find <laughs> his, get his address and send him a letter of saying you are awesome. Because his voice is perfect. And you need to go watch him to compare him to best cinematic villains ever. He's up there. 
he's up there definitely. And watching it as a kid doesn't do it justice. That that can be a very good Twitter question for us. When this pod comes out, I would like people to give us the answer as to where Scar ranks in best villains of Vader's all time. Vader's going to win because Gags will... He'll just... He'll, <laughs> he'll just... He'll cheat it. He'll cheat the system somehow. Yeah, he will. He'll rig it. <laughs> we, we know you gags. <laughs> Do that. All right. So, last thing before we go, Guy, I would like you to recommend an animated film or series, you know, whichever thing that you could recommend to the audiences out there if you have to go watch this thing. I've got two because I want to say two. Because firstly, go watch Space Jam because it's the best film ever made. Apart from Lion King, which I've just spent <laughs> an hour talking about. <laughs> yeah, but go watch Space Jam because Looney Tunes and Michael Jordan is fantastic. Who doesn't want to watch that? And for a series, either go watch Dragon Ball Z because it's the best anime ever, just to annoy K. Um, <sighs> or go watch Rick and Morty because it is hilarious. I really want to have Rick and Morty part. And in fact, uh, let's be fair, if you like. Dragon Ball was very important to Western audiences and introduction to anime, so both those shows really should have should have pods coming up uh, if I have anything to do with it. So hopefully, hopefully we can get that going as well. Dragon Ball Z would be about seventeen hours. <laughs> it would not because ninety percent of it is just people screaming. That's all you need. <laughs> it's, the one thing I learned uh, from Dragon Ball Z is how to scream. In scale, going upwards. That's exactly. the lesson. <laughs> and not to get turned what, into chalk. What? what <laughs> yes. What? What else do you need to know, really? All right, and that is a great place to end it. Huge thanks to Guy. Brilliant recap of the Lion King. You have to go watch this movie. It is absolutely perfect. Tell him Guy sent you. <laughs> Anyway, that's all from us. Not a big admin section this week. Everything you heard was basically from The Lion King. <laughs> there weren't many sound effects used from various sources this week. I'm not really sure who owns the Michael Buffer quote. That is the, let's get ready to rumble. I'm not sure if it's one of the boxing associations or a media studio, or maybe Michael himself, I'm not sure. For this week, what I want to recommend, my animation, it's going to be Samurai Jack. I've recently started watching it again from season one, episode one, and uh, that was in preparation for the brand new season that's uh, already come out, already showing on Adult Swim. So, I mean, it's, uh, by all accounts, it is absolutely fantastic. And I tell you what, were you watching the original? Man, this was an epic series. It was, it was basically groundbreaking, and I really hope to have a part on it at some point in the future for you guys. Anyway, be good, and we'll see you on the flip side. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.